Hello and welcome to Quarter Time Podcast. I'm Lucy G. And I'm Lucy P. And we're here to bring you all the netball goodness you never knew you needed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second podcast episode of 2023 and part one of our quad series mini series. This was so much fun to make last year. So we thought, why not do it again? Hey, Luce? Absolutely. Let's uh, repeat all the extravaganza. Yeah, 100%. So it's great to be back after our Christmas break. And obviously, we are getting ramped up for our third season of the podcast, which will kick off in February. We're three years old, Luce. Oh, no, we're two years old. Oh, yeah, take me two years old, but it's first season. How did we get here? I can't believe it. I don't know. It's been a great journey. Absolutely fantastic. In case you missed it, we did have a really brilliant conversation with Pamela Cookie and Kat Tuivaiti all about the England versus Jamaica series. So do check that out in all the usual places as well. So back to today's episode. What have we got coming up, Luce? So we're going to be previewing the 2023 quad series between Australia, New Zealand, England and South Africa. We've got so many goodies coming your way. We've got uh, key players and matchups to look out for. We've got our hot takes and spicy predictions that no one asked for. Um, (laughs) And we're also going to be bringing you our conversation with none other than the dame herself. It's Silver Ferns head coach, Nolene Tudera. We pick her brains about Commonwealth Games, Constellation Cup, welcoming back experienced players and how she reflects on her tenure for the Ferns so far, particularly given the interesting news that her contract as head coach will be up for renewal in November very interesting Mm. and finally we take a deep dive with Australian Diamonds head coach Stacey Marinkovic our convo with her covers success expectations squad selections the Hancock prospecting sponsorship saga who she's expecting to face if they make the final and so much more Wow. I'm glad I had my breakfast this morning, Luce. This is a packed episode, isn't it? We love a packed episode here on the pod. I guarantee I can guess what you had for breakfast in one go. Don't. I'm going sh- to shame you now. No, don't say it. What? Mini eggs. Yes, I did have mini eggs for breakfast. <laughs> That's my usual breakfast from January to April. Thank you very much. I'm just getting in the spirit for the Easter season. Oh, Anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on from my breakfast habits, let's dive straight in, starting with how each team has prepared for the quad series and any major player news. So South Africa up first. They are in... I would describe it as a little bit of a getting the band back together phase with (laughs) Carla Pretorius returning after having a baby, Lenise Potkeeter also back in the side after some time away. But the big news is (laughs) return of the plum, (laughs) return of the plum. She is back coaching the side after Direct Badenhorst uh, has been replaced. Um, That was just towards the end of last year, if you missed it. And uh, the Plum will actually lead the side into the World Cup. So thoughts, Luce? Yeah, I mean, hard to miss that news unless you've been literally living under a rock. That was all sorts of drama. Very interesting. Um, But to be honest, I do think it was necessary. I think it was clear from the on-court performances South Africa were let's say in a bit of a rocky patch. And I don't think that they were, the players are particularly gelling well with Durrett. Um, I think we saw some incredible progress that Plum made with the Proteas. If you look back to the 2019 World Cup, you know, if you look at that semi-final match they had with Australia, they mm-hmm. pushed them all the way. But my only concern this time around for the quad series and looking forward to World Cup is that 
there's just been too little time with the plum to be able to replicate that level of success this time round. I think if she'd maybe come in earlier or continued her tenure, it might have been a bit different. I feel quite confident in saying that they will come fourth this time for quad series again. But with Carla Pretorius back in the squad, she may have me eating my words very soon. <laughs> I think it's also worth noting that Nicola Smith and Elmarie Vanderberg are both out of the side of injury. So there's a few fresh faces in the squad, which we like to see. Yeah. And Raderman, of course, as well, did her ACL at the Commonwealth Games. So really in terms of the shooting end, you know, they're relying heavily on Potgita this series. Yeah. And I think Venter's going to have to step up as well. But I think Radman will probably be back for World Cup. Like I've been following her Instagram stories and the queen that she is, her recovery is going so, so well. She looks incredible. So yeah, hopefully this is the last test that she'll have to miss or the last series she'll have to miss to South Africa. Mm. And I think if we now swing over to England, obviously coming in hot off the back of a, a series win against Jamaica, despite it being a somewhat depleted side for Jamaica. Um, we understand that Cardwell is back in the side. Obviously, she was out for the Jamaica series of injury. Not confirmed that she'll be taken to court, but fingers crossed. We did also have the series win against Uganda in October, I think it was. And we had a great experience with the series out in Australia. I think we probably got the most tests under our belt since Commonwealth Games compared to any yeah, other nation. I'll have to for sure. do, do some maths there. But the thing for me with England is the lack of consistency. I think you saw it really clearly with the Jamaica series is these massive swings in momentum, like we'll go out punishing and then we let them back in and then we're clawing our way back. I just think we have to find a way to really steady the ship and consistently put out those punishing performances. I'm really keen to see how Liv Cheen stands up against an Australia and New Zealand defence. And I'm also really curious to see how much game time Pittman and McDonald get, because obviously there's always one eye on that World Cup selection in there. So yeah, keen to see how many minutes they get. Yeah, I don't think it will be many. I think mm. that's my gut feeling is that we're going to be consolidating the group that are most likely to go to the World Cup. And I think that Pittman is still a question mark uh, at the moment. But, you know, all to play for, still a full season to go. Do you think we'll see more of Laura Malcolm this series then? Yeah, yeah I think that, would be right. my, that would be my prediction. I think mm. we'll go back to seeing her maybe in the wing defence position with Immo in centre. That's what I'd like mm. to see anyway. That would be well, interesting. Not long to wait. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to New Zealand. So a number of key names back, including Karen Berger, Jane Watson, Gina Crampton and Claire Kirsten. Uh, Grace Nwicky obviously going from strength to strength and also the prospect of Petter Toyava feeding her in this series, oh. which is... <laughs> Yep, uh, scary and exciting at the same time, like a roller coaster ride. The <laughs> most frightening thing, though, is the return of Watson and Berger. Mm. I still have nightmares about the 2019 World Cup semi final. It is horrifying to watch her in action if you're an England fan, especially against the Roses. And we haven't had that much time against New Zealand. And I actually don't think many of these players that we've got will have played. Jane Watson in recent times because obviously mm. she's been off for a whole year with pregnancy and she really is something very very special on the court we know she's going to be on managed minutes I think um coming back from her pregnancy of course but I think what whatever she puts out there is always deadly so yeah, yeah. lot to be it, afraid of 
that that match haunts me. I this, to this day I still can't watch it. No, I, I, I just can't bring myself to do it. It, yeah. It's impossible. I cannot do it. <laughs> um, yeah, those those windmill arms are just spectacular. Uh, yeah, she, she's the one for me, keen to see. Yeah. And also Berger as well. I mean, Berger and wing defence, that is enough to, you know, send you to an early grave, I think, if you're, yeah. uh, <laughs> if you're the opposition. Yeah, terrifying times. And lastly, if we take a look at Australia, there's no Gretel Boetta or Wallum in the side and no Weston who's out with a calf injury, but still, I think, looking deadly, man. They only lost three matches in the entire of 2022, I believe. And for me, like the vibes in camp just look immaculate. If you follow their (laughs) social media, like go on their Instagram stories, all that kind of stuff. They just look like such a a happy and content bunch vibes are just top level so i'm i'm actually expecting this to really translate to their on court performance and i think as well i have to mention ash braz being back in the side i don't think you can underestimate the impact of her like last time australia met england i think she well and truly had metcalf's number so yeah her ability to just shut down at the attacking end is terrifying so everyone better watch out yeah, I think she's basically like the special source for Australia, in my view. She is. Uh, yeah, and and I think that you're totally right what you're saying about the energy of the group. It feels like they get on. Obviously, we're not in the camp with them, unfortunately, so <laughs> we can't give full insight into that. But it does seem like they they hang out outside of it and there's a good energy and they're playing for each other. And I, I yeah, I think they're in a very, very, very exciting place in mm. terms of Australian netball. Yeah, for sure. So if we take a look at some specific players, other than those that we've already mentioned, like a Watson and a Braz, who are you most looking forward to seeing out on court? Okay, so for me, from a New Zealand perspective, I really want to see Kate Heffernan again. I think she has been a revelation for the Ferns Mm. in recent years. Love her in wing defence. I think she gets those huge arms over, can basically stop the vision for any wing attack. And I think that's so threatening. Uh, The next person I'd like to really see a lot of, which I think we will in this series, is Sunday Ariang, because obviously with Western out, she's the next natural fit to go into that goal defence position. And she's obviously see a really exciting future prospect for the diamonds so yeah interesting to see how she combines with Courtney Bruce obviously they play together at the West Coast Fever and and she's another really exciting talent I think if Australia didn't have so many other superstars I think we'd be talking out about her a lot more uh, yeah. but she, yeah she's she's fantastic phenomenal player yeah I love those selections I mean for me like Kate Heffernan has just come from out of nowhere yeah and literally just nowhere. like she's on everybody's lips like she's yeah. just been phenomenal and uh, yeah, I think that Ariane Bruce relationship, we'll see a lot of that on court. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying that selection, Luce. Mm. What about you? What do you think, Luce? Oh, for me, I found this tough. I'll go for the other two nations just so we keep it balanced. So for England, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of Elle McDonald because I think what we saw from her in the Jamaica series was really good. Um, I liked the way that she was confidently taking on the body. She did hang out a little bit wide sometimes in my liking so I'd like to see her get more stuck in but like we said earlier I don't actually think she'll get that much court time so I don't know really looking forward to seeing it fingers crossed we do mm-hmm. and um who else we've got South Africa Ooh, I think I'm gonna go for Shadeen Vandermeer 
mm-hmm. because I think you know her time at Thunder, seeing what she's been uh, putting out in the Netball Super League, she has just grown exponentially for me. And I think that transition into goal defense, even though she's not the tallest of defenders, same as a you know Fidoju, five foot nine. Um, I really like what she's putting out there and. Although I think we will obviously see her back in her natural position of wing defence with Pretorius back in the side, I still think she is absolutely deadly. And yeah, she's actually one of my favourite players. I really enjoy her. Mm, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm well into that. I think she's a fantastic athlete and she's a real linchpin. And I think she's been consistent for South Africa while they've had a few people in and out of the side. So yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see how she comes out. Uh, what's your key matchup then, Luce? Ooh... Uh, let me think. Oh, okay. I would say Fidoju on Ekanasio. <laughs> surprise, surprise, you said Fidoju. <laughs> Shock horror. Like, like that meme of that Spanish girl who like pretends to be shocked. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It, uh, but like, you can see why though. She was absolutely mm-hmm. outstanding in Jamaica series. And I think Ekanasio yeah. is so crucial to the fluidity of New Zealand attack. You know, those two on each other, I think it's just going to be incredible. Like, mm. show me show me anyone who's not looking forward to that matchup and I will show you a liar. Yeah, no, fair, fair one. And who would you go for? So we mentioned it just a bit earlier, but actually Nat Metcalf on Ash Brazel. I mm. think that that is the secret for England. If Nat can get the one over on Brazel, then I think that that will make just our lives so much easier in terms of that attacking movement and that fluidity down the court. But like you said, she was com- almost completely shut down by Brazil and we didn't really have a another backup option. Would be interesting to see Chelsea Pittman up against Brazil because that then for me gives us an indicator for if we need a backup at the World Cup, it, it can it be Pittman and is she offering mm. something that's going to get us the edge over Australia uh, but really interesting it's going to be a lot of spicy matchups all over the court a lot of people coming back a lot of people uh, playing against people that they play with in club it's I love the quad series it's so so good finally then Luz before we move on to our chat with Dame Nolene prediction time predictions Oh, see, I didn't actually find this too difficult. My my gut instinct says that Australia is going to take it. It's going to be a very close second with New Zealand. Then England will come in third and I think South Africa will be fourth. Yeah, I agree in terms of final placings, but I think there's going to be minimum one upset. So Ooh. I think it will be like in 2019 where England... Yeah, I don't know if this will happen, but like England beat Australia and then lost to South Africa or, mm. you know, like some kind of strange outcome or some results going to be flipped when they play each other the second time around, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, nice. OK. Yeah, I like that. I think we've got wow. some we've got four very, very smart coaches at mm. this competition. And so I would say that, you know, it's going to it's going to be really tough outing for them because don't forget, this is their last opportunity, really that none of them now will coach until the World Cup. So they're going to be throwing everything out there. That is a great shout. I always Thank you. think of it from the coach's perspective. But yeah, this is their last opportunity as well. Yeah, mm. I do have the occasional good idea, actually. <laughs> it was due. It was just yeah, it was due after two years. <laughs> All those mini eggs are clearly paying off for you this morning. I'm feeling a bit hyper, actually. I think we need to move on. Sugar rush. Uh, Right. So after the break, we chat to Dame Nolene Tarua about how the ferns are tracking in preparation for this quad series. 
It is an enormous pleasure, in fact, more than a pleasure to welcome Nolene Taurua back onto the podcast. How are you doing, Nols? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Another year, 2023. Holy heck. So uh, big year for everybody in netball land. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And before we get into some of the specifics around the Fern squad and obviously your aims for the upcoming quad series and things like that, I just want to quickly touch on the Commonwealth Games and how you reflect on it. Now the dust has settled, the bronze medal's been secured for New Zealand. What were some of those key lessons that you took away from the competition? Oh, look, when I uh, reflect, as you mentioned, on our squad and our team, to some degree quite inexperienced, um, probably out of all the major or all the big countries, we didn't have as many caps as other countries. So I can't say that I was pleased to get bronze, if I'm going to be honest, but also pleased that I we did actually get a medal. I think it could have been anything from first to fourth being so close. It took us a wee while to be able to, especially to be able to find those combinations and also with a lot of individuals who we ended up selecting, that was their mate, that's their first pinnacle event, let alone uh, their first international experience as well. So, you know, there were a few that were under the pump, but uh, really pleased by our last game. I thought uh, we came together really nicely as a group, played some beautiful netball, and for us to be able to finally sustain the uh, intensity that was put out by England, really pleased for us to be able to see what we can do moving forward. So probably the biggest takeaway that I've taken out of the Commonwealth Games is when I look at our roster, apart from at that time, I think it was only Gina that had had that previous experience at a pinnacle event at a grand finals. Everybody else was quite green in that respect. But when I reflect, we're looking quite good for the future. Probably a good, at least if I'm not saying sort of this next Netball World Cup, but Uh, with some of the ages of the people that are coming through at least another two or three um, cycles. So that's really pleasing in regards to setting ourselves up nicely for the future. So, and also Netball World Cup in uh, South Africa this year. Yeah, fantastic. I do feel it really was that exposure and the blooding of those youngsters that you saw the progression, particularly throughout the 10 days for New Zealand. I think there were some close matches between the likes of Malawi and stuff towards the beginning. And then you really found your stride. Unfortunately for England, I think you will find that, yeah, we were a bit heartbroken in that last game, it must be said. But absolutely fair play. I think the Silver Ferns pulled out a, a real stinker in that one. Yeah, look, I think if anything, if I can take a positive thing out of it is, you know, England put together such another quality uh, tournament. Um, I think the vibe in that stadium was amazing as it was a Netball World Cup. And and it was neat to be a part of that. And I can understand the disappointment uh, for England. I think it's getting so close in netball um, and we would feel the same as well. Um, but I think if there is a positive that has come out of not only Commonwealth Games, but also the Netball World Cup the previous years, is how well that England put together an event, a major event. I think the vibe in there was amazing. Every time time we played it was chocker block it was a full house it was well supported by a lot of people so you know that's a fair tip for England and Netball England as to what they've been able to do for a major event so Netball Wheel Cup's on for everybody um, and I think that's the exciting thing it's so close and it could be anybody on a given day.
Yeah, exactly. And I think that that level of international competition that's really heated up in in recent years is just so exciting for fans, for players. It's everyone just really pushing each other. And another uh, event where I think the fans were really, really pushed was the Constellation Cup. That was so fascinating. They obviously lost out very narrowly to Australia because of goal difference. But it was really good to see so many different players being given those opportunities. And I really liked that you named the slightly different squads for both legs I thought that was very tactical in terms of exposure and and getting those youngsters that opportunity can you give us an overview of the lead up to the quad series since the Constellation Cup so what does your preparation look like since October yeah um they had annual leave post Constellation Cup so that was about three or four weeks they've gone back into what do you call it club land for two weeks and the end of December we had a trials slash sort of camp um, that was our last opportunity to bring the both squads together, really look at um, the progression, I suppose, of individuals since their time either with Commonwealth Games, quad series that we had against Jamaica, um, Constellation Cup, and then also ascertained how much movement they've done within that time. Uh, hence the squad um, that we've selected, 14. Finding it really hard, if I'm going to be honest, in regards to our midcourt. We've got a lot of midcourters who did get exposure over 2022. You know, the likes of Madeline, uh, Kimi Otapoi. You know, we've we've got a lot. We've got a ton of midcourters in New Zealand, and which is a positive, but it's really hard to be able to finally select which ones, you know, who are we looking at, and really where it comes comes down to as individuals really putting their hand up and stamping themselves out there every time they take the court. Um, so really pleased from a December camp with Jane Watson coming back. Um, she's had also a operation on her ankle, let alone having a baby. But what she put out there was like fine wine. So it was really <laughs> exciting just to see her way there and her style and also just that extra leadership that we needed in our defence end, her presence in there and her ability to turn over ball. So I'm really, we were really excited by that. Another three or four weeks by the time we hit quad series, you know, should be, should be able to get her physical side a bit better. Um, Karen Berger has also come back into the fold um, through injury or operation, post-operation. So she's looking awesome. She's done a lot of work in regards to her recovery. Um, and by the time we hit quad series as well, she shouldn't be managed on court for minutes. So really pleased from what she's been able to do. And also Gina Crampton coming back post-Commonwealth Games. She went on a sabbatical and she was probably the, the one out of the Netball World Cup in 2019 that sort of held the fort for a wee while um, while others that were injured or had babies or whatever. So um, she took a break and uh, really excited because I think once again, while you're away, you look at what the players are doing and you really think that you want to be there. So her physical strength she's just come back a bit more mature and just really wanting to play so she added another I suppose another leg to what we have in our attacking end so um, we've got probably the most experienced squad that we could have in New Zealand at this moment of time with uh, interspersed with a few of those ones that have come through over 2022 with Commonwealth Games 
Um, Grace Nowicki is just starting to find her feet. Uh, really excited. So our quad series is big for us in the Silver Fern land. And I think this is our last hurrah for a lot of teams, I know, before we hit Netball World Cup. So strategically, I think we're on point and the timing of it should be all right by the time we hit quad series. But we'll see what that looks like. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I mean, I've seen that you're with all of those players that you've just mentioned, you're regaining 165 test caps of experience, which is just invaluable at this level when the games are so close and the intensity is so hard. And I'm going to come back to what you mentioned about the mid quarters, because I think that's really interesting. But just in terms of those returning players, how have you integrated them back into the high performance environment and also manage the expectations of those players who were getting increased court time in their absence? Yeah, look, they they never left. Even though they might be having babies or injured, we bring them into the mix all the time. I mean, Shannon Saunders, who uh, she's due in, I think, January or February, she was at camp. You know, so I think that's one thing that we do well in, in New Zealand is just because you might be injured, you're having baby or you're not involved or can't get on court, it doesn't mean that you can't contribute in another way. So both Gina and also Jane and Shannon are part of our leadership group. So, you know, we, we meet uh, regularly and they contribute in that way. So it was just pretty much like them fitting back in um, it was seamless so I was really pleased with that what I do find hard is those ones who have been in the mix um, who are on the brink but haven't been selected and a lot of them are still young and they're still finding their feet but it's really making sure really important that they know they're part of the silver ferns and the wider group and that we still must support them to progress so it's just um, really a constant, I suppose, messaging that they're part of us and we couldn't do without them. So we just got to make sure um, once we go back into club land that we can wrap the supports around. Our communication is still really open, but they also are very clear about what they need to do to improve, what we're looking for from an international perspective and the plan that goes in and around that. So it's really a fine line. And I think that's probably um, the flip side of when you do have a lot of people that come in and are exposed is how that you look after them, whether they're in or out of the mix, but they're still part of us. So it's a fine balancing act. And I must say we don't get it right all the time, but the intention is, is pure. I mean, I guess in a way, it's a good problem to have. You've got all that talent and and particularly in the midcourt, as you mentioned, you know, we've seen Whitney Sooners really take on that centre position. She played a lot. I think she started all bar one of the games at the Commonwealth Games. Kimura Poi, who you mentioned, you know, Claire Kirsten, Maddie Gordon, all of those sort of midquarters really vying for court time. I just wanted to pick up on what you said about, you know, the combinations and making sure you've got everything. Do you think you've found everything? and it's a case of putting the puzzle pieces together or is there something still missing? Yeah, I, I feel I feel we've found individuals 
Now, you know, with the quad series, we've got to find what the combinations are. I, at the moment, probably in New Zealand, we don't have a wealth of shooters. You know, we've still got Tiana Metuido, who's who who is in the mix as well, and Alia Dunn, who play for Pulse. Um, so there's probably, we're limited in, in the shooting end, but I feel that the current four that we've had are quite stable, and the international experience uh, speaks for themselves or has volume. So that feels, that end feels quite stable. Our attacking or our mid-court, I think there's still movement there, but it's it's exciting like the likes of Peter uh, Tuiava, um, who, this is her third time uh, that she's been in the Silver Ferns, but what she put out with Constellation Cup against Australia was amazing. So she's come back into the mix in December, really worked hard. So I'm really excited to see what she can can do obviously she's got that connection to grace but her maturity that she's just starting to add to her game just adds another level so I'm really excited by that combination even with a Gina when you make the changes you know you've got totally a massive point of difference so that's starting to look nice I think the defence is probably going to be, um, at this stage, the major shifts will happen there. And that's mainly because we haven't had Jane and Cutton in the mix for uh, last year and a half. So we'll be able to have to, fight, uh, have to find what those individuals look like out on court, but then what the combinations are going to look like. So we've still got a bit of work to do, but I think that's why quad series is so big for us. Um, once you get out there, I'll be able to see, but it's not until we put our feet out there on the ground that you can see what reality would look like. So that's why it's so exciting, uh, the quad series in January. Mm. And I think it's difficult when you had Langman for such a number of years, who was that real linchpin, you could almost build the team around that. And then I think we've had a similar thing with losing Guthrie that it's, it's been massive, you know, from, from a Rose's perspective. Is that how you select, do you kind of have a core spine or are you particularly interested in, in players who can move around and be versatile? Yeah, I think that's the um, the thing. You've got to coach to the players that you have. Uh, when you have a Langman, a Maria Tutaia at that time, and even a Casey Korpua, you've got players who will class players who in themselves in their own position, but also their leadership both on and off the court. It's unquestionable, and you know what they're going to do, whether they're under the pump, whether it's good or bad. You know exactly what's going to happen. So it's easier to be able to manage what needs to happen in and around them. To some respect, I think that's been the most hardest thing with uh, the Silver Ferns because we had a good year post Apple World Cup 2019. I think 2020 was really good for us. But then the main survivor was Gina and we've had to work everybody else because we just didn't have that spine. So definitely I work off the spine. Probably what has changed over the time, and I think we're nearly at that space where we're starting to get a bit more maturity. And as you mentioned in your first question or first statement right at the beginning, people who can hold when they're under the pump and just do the basic simple things, but know when you need when you can open it up and let the ball go. So that consistency around that level of performance is really important and you don't get it unless you're out there. Hence, I think the work that we've been able to do over the last two or three years 
to expose more players under international will actually help us moving forward. But I think at the moment we might have enough, but January we'll be able to see. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And when we spoke to you last year before the Quad Series, we asked you about your priorities for the series and you said you had a lot of things on your list, including getting back to international travel post-COVID, exposing your new players to international tours, which I think you've now done for all bar Petitoyava, I I think, in terms of that long distance Mm. flight um, and also sussing out your opposition as always. So what's on your list this year? Oh, look, I, I really, we, I, I want to win. I really do. We need to be in the grand finals at least. But it's quite an interesting situation because when we went into 2019, I think it was 2018 or 19, sorry, I can't quite remember, uh, we were just pretty much in the same sort of look of our team, just trying to put the last pieces together and cement the combinations Um, But I think we didn't win. We ended up coming third. It went into double overtime with South Africa. And for us, that actually was a massive turning point for our team. So I would love to win. I think for ourselves to know that we can actually do it, but also honestly knowing that it's going to be tough and where everybody else is. If we can, it will set us up nicely, but really looking once again to consolidate our combinations, not necessarily exposing people because I think we've given enough opportunities for individuals to stand up. So it's up to individuals then to put their hand up when they do take the court in training. But also what we have identified through Constellation Cup is that there needs to be slight tweaks, I think, in not only our training methods, but maybe a few things that we do off court. So we'll be testing that as well and seeing if we can move in those methods and see if we can handle pressure a wee bit better. So we've still got a few things to uh, work on. But um, it shouldn't take long, I think, with the current crop of players that we have and the international experience we're starting to build now. Mm, And it's that kind of chess game as well, isn't it, of working out when you're coming up against different oppositions and if they do this, then how am I going to respond in this situation as a coach tactically and, and getting that out and knowing your players can execute on the day. If you... If you had to give a chink in the armor for the Silver Ferns, what would you say that it could be? Oh, I think at the moment we, we're inconsistent in performance. I feel, and it did show in Constellation Cup, when we were put under the pump, we folded. But I think the offset to that is probably at that time, depending positional-wise, a little bit about an experience. Um, so I think at the moment that's probably questionable from the Silver Ferns whether we can uh, execute under pressure. I do think on the flip side, though, I do feel we're an unknown quantity. Even though we have been around, I think with the introduction or the reintroduction of a couple of key pieces in the selections, I feel other countries will be looking at us probably closely to see what we look like. So strategically, I feel we can't expose all, but we've got to be able to make sure that we come uh, come away from the quad series confident in what we want to put out there and also clear on the plan post-quad series leading into Netball World Cup. I think that's really important. So it's a bit of a balancing act, but uh, we'll see what we can do. 
Yeah, I always feel like you've got an ace up your sleeve, Knowles. I have to say, it, it always feels like there's something going on behind that you could just, you know, whip out a new strategy or something else at the last minute. It's, it's fascinating to, to hear from you and to hear your insight as well. And um, moving on to talk a little bit about you personally, um, obviously, you've been the head of the Silver Fern since August 2018. And you've revealed that your contract will expire in November 2023. And I know you won't be able to say in until after the World Cup about whether you'll be continuing. Obviously, we hope that you will be. Uh, but how do you reflect on your tenure as head coach so far? Oh, look, it's um, probably mixed, if I'm going to be honest. I think you always want to win, no doubt about that. And even though Commonwealth Games, we were not that we were lucky to come out with a, with a bronze or a medal. There were moments there where I thought we could have did a bit better um, out there. I think um, what I am really proud of at this moment of time is I feel that the Silver Ferns, irrelevant of what happens in Netball World Cup, that was set up really nicely for another couple of cycles. That's taken us probably at least four years um, to be able to build in, internally in New Zealand. Um, so I feel really proud about that and, and my contribution towards that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what will happen after Netball World Cup. What I'm really, what I know is that the timing has to be right and whether I'm right for the job after Netball World Cup um, this year or not will come out. But I feel either way, whether I'm whether I'm the head coach or not, I'll, I'll be still in Netball land. You know, it's, it's part of me and, and, and I love it so much. So uh, we'll see what the future um, brings out. Yeah, absolutely. And we know as well that you also three of your five children are aged under 20. I didn't know you had five children. I found it on today. Yeah. And I was like, wow, how does she do all of that? And I actually I do want to ask you, how do you manage the sort of day to day demands of being an international coach, given just the amount of pressure on you to perform and, and the expectation being World Cup champions as well? I, I feel um, I've I've grown in that respect. I feel, you know, being a younger coach and a fledgling, I think, um, you know, you do go through ups and downs, similar to players in regards to the pressure and probably more the pressure that you put on yourself. But knowing that you always got to have a good uh, base and good foundation and supports, which is really important, not only for your family, but yourself. And I, I'm now at the stage where I've been involved in netball, been coaching for over 25 years or whatever it is, and I don't see it as a job. I don't get under pressure as much as I used to. I love winning, so that hasn't changed. But I also feel if 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 we don't, it means that I haven't done the right job or I, I've missed something or there's just something that we're, I've learnt on the way or we're just not quite ready. So I don't take a lot of things on as I used to and as being a younger coach. And I think you just grow and mature as you go along. And yeah, once again, if, if I'm the right person, I am. And if I'm not, that's that's absolutely fine as well. 
Mm, yeah, no, I really like that. And I think that sort of reflective, like continual learning piece is, is something that's that's really interesting. It's actually something yeah. that's come up a lot with coaches as we've spoken to them over these last couple of years. And it, it it's that balance between winning now and winning now and next week, if in that sense, you know, that kind of um, sustained learning and improvement as you go. And so in terms of the future for the Silver Ferns uh, from a playing group perspective, who or what are you seeing in the squad that is exciting you for the future of the Ferns? Oh, definitely can't go past Grace. She's definitely a person. I mean, I think in Commonwealth Games, people would have seen her grow over that short period of time. And even though out on court she looked like a colossal of a woman, you know, she was only 19 or whatever, and the pressure she was under was huge. So managing that through, but also seeing the growth in her, even now, um, it's just phenomenal. So I feel, you know, when we look at the Janelles and a lot of many or many shooters that we have, even the Irene Van Dykes for us in the Silver Ferns, she'll be definitely up there at, at a young age as well. So I'm really excited to see her. Um, I think all the younger players that are just starting coming through, like the Whitney's and the Kate's, even when I look at uh, Phoenix and uh, Kelly, you know, they're still very young and can do another cycle. So I'm really excited by them hopefully being the spine, you know, and, and upholding to the Silver Ferns and what that means. I think it'd be interesting whether other countries move themselves too and, you know, all will be revealed in that respect. But I think overall, you know, Netball's doing a really good job with the you know the uprising of Jamaica um, over Commonwealth Games and and whether they can back themselves up for Netball World Cup, that's going to be interesting to see. But um, it's really uh, fruitful and positive that we have more countries that are now vying for top top position, and that can only be good for the game. So I'm really excited to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fantastic to see those youngsters getting the opportunity as well. We've had obviously Fumi Fadoju has burst yeah. onto the scene from Amazing. an England perspective. Amazing. You know, lots of those young players coming in and and it's it's something really special about watching a young player. I think I've said it before, but it's it's amazing because you just see the potential and the growth for them and you you think about them being like the next Juva mentor and having those long amazing careers. Um but I'm conscious we've taken up a lot of your time already, Noel. So I'll just go on to my last question so looking ahead to your first quad series match it will obviously be against South Africa and they've had a bit of disruption with Durrett Badenhorst being replaced by former Proteas and Diamonds coach Norma Plummer so where will you be looking to get the advantage over South Africa particularly given that Carla Pretorius is now back in the team? Yeah, look, um, Carla, I know her through Sunshine Coast Lightning and obviously she's a stalwart of South Africa. I think um, she'll be probably transitioning herself in postpartum. So I don't think the expectation should be too high on her at this moment of uh, time. But really looking forward to seeing her back out on court. And I know once again, her leadership in that defence end will, will be massive. I think for us, it's probably not disrespecting South Africa, definitely not. 
not. For us in that first game, it will definitely be about us. Um, we need a really looking at, once again, what those combinations are going to look like and try and settle ourselves really fast. I'd like to start off stable, really consistent, but really looking at keeping the position of the ball. We worked that in December camp and trials and putting ourselves under pressure but still being able to execute. So I would like to think that that's our first opportunity to see what we can do in real time. So really keeping possession of the ball. Defensively, I'm really looking at the combinations now with the introduction of Jane coming back in and Karen and where they fit So that's going to be really important. That may take us a wee bit of time, but if we can settle our combinations defensive, that's really um, exciting as well. So even though we are playing South Africa first, if I take them out of that, out of my thinking, just really it's about us. Just really want to settle really fast and, and really work on that position of the ball when we do have it in hand. Mm, fantastic stuff. Well, thank you so much, Norlean, for your time and all the best for the Quad Series. Take care. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for the podcast. Take care. Thanks, Nols. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. That was such a great interview with Nolene. I just, everything that she says, I'm just in awe of her. And I really think that her leadership is something that will be very difficult to follow in that role. And so I hope she's not going anywhere personally. Yeah, I mean, for, for World Netball, I hope she stays. Just I think the fans would be devastated. But like you say, like she could literally sit there and talk to me about like financial stock exchange or something. And I'll be there <laughs> like wide eyes, mouth open. Just yes, Tony, give me more. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly could listen to her all day. I think she's just sensational. Yeah, for sure. She commands so much respect, I think, from from the players and and the wider netball world. Uh, But coming up next, we hear from Diamonds head coach Stacey Marinkovic ahead of the Quad Series. We are delighted to be joined by the Australian Diamonds head coach Stacey Marinkovic. How are you doing, Stacey? I'm really well. (laughs) Good. Uh, Very busy schedule coming up this week. Obviously, Quad Series starting on Saturday. What's the mood in camp? Yeah, I think there's a a lot of energy and excitement, I guess, whenever we come together. You know, everyone knows it's international netball time and and generally you've had breaks in between. So there's a, a real, I guess excitement to be able to keep building on what we did in 2022 and make sure that we make the most of any opportunity that we get together um, given that there is space and time between those moments. Absolutely and you mentioned 2022 there you were successful in winning the quad series last year and that was the beginning of an extremely impressive run in that year winning quad series, Commonwealth Games, Constellation Cup and a 3-0 series win against England. How do you compare where you were prior to Quad Series last year to where the team is now? Yeah, I think there's a obviously a high level of familiarity amongst the group and, and that ability to connect and have those relationships has certainly grown a lot more just over the time of being able to play together, being on tour, being in COVID hubs and and all, all the things that come with those environments. So I think one, there's just, I guess, the standard in which you come in is a little bit higher and, and that's what we 
we'd expect of each other. Um, we know that if we stand still at the moment, then we'll get surpassed. And I guess that's a, the realistic nature of where international netball is at this very point in time is that you have to keep raising the bar and you have to keep um, growing that level of consistency out on court and you need to be able to do it from the very first whistle if, or if not you'll get you know caught out and and left chasing so there's it's you know hugely competitive in international netball and you cannot take your foot off the pedal and everyone is is growing and evolving and every team's bringing in new players and and all the things you know that come with with a new season. Mm, absolutely. And obviously, you know, the trophy cabinet is very much stocked at the moment after that year. Is it just having that time together and building those connections that you put the success down to or are there any other contributing factors? Yeah, uh, I definitely think time time actually grows performance and I guess it's that level of comfort and I guess the ability to hold accountability to each other when you've got really close relationships, you understand that the information that you're giving to and receiving from each other is coming from a really good place that that drives standard. Uh, and I guess that's something that we really, you know, think is important within our environment. So, yeah, I think, you know, for us it's it's time has definitely been a big thing, but I guess then the understanding and the, I guess, accountability to the game plan and knowing that we'll keep tweaking and keep evolving it, but the backbone of it is, is still the same and, and that's what we start to to create the connection from the very beginning. Mm, yeah, it's really interesting. I think there's been a lot of talk about accountability back in our home, home soil uh, over the last sort of 12 months. So it's really interesting to hear you say that. And, you know, prior to the Commonwealth Games, I think you only had eight tests under your belt as Diamond's head coach. So still really early into your tenure. How hard is it to have to process all the learnings that you get from each game so quickly and under such intense scrutiny from both the media and the general public? Yeah, I think one, you have to surround yourself with some um, really good people and support networks. But I think, you know, the high performance group that we've got together has a set of expertise and skill sets that contribute to our group um, freely. Um, and that's what I, I really relish within our environment is that we all have our roles to play and we connect that to ensure that performance is grown out on court or players are developed and evolved. Uh, so I think that's one of the biggest things is when you have little time together or not a huge amount of opportunities is you've got to target your focus um, and make sure everyone's aligned and doing the same thing. And, and that's certainly what we had to do uh, in the beginning when we've come together because of of the opportunities and how limited they actually were. And and then you've got to get buy-in from your, your playing um, group and, and they have to not only buy in, but they have to evolve it. And I guess that's the part where we've worked really hard and you know, with the leadership of of Liz as our captain and Steph as our vice captain, um, they've certainly driven that with the with the playing group. You mentioned those members of the playing group there, and this team for the quad series is actually extremely similar to the Commonwealth Games gold medal winning squad from last year. But there are a few main differences that we wanted to touch on. Obviously, the absence of Gretel Buetta, who didn't make herself available for selection, and Joe Weston, who's unfortunately picked up that calf injury. So from our view, the non-selection of Danelle Wallum was quite surprising, given that Buetta, who's so often that real 
spark and point of difference in the Diamonds attack wasn't available. After Donnell was named as the reserve shooter for the Commonwealth Games, can you talk us through why it was that she narrowly missed out on selection this time around? Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the depth of our goal shooter position at this point in time, it, um, you know, I'm pretty pretty lucky. I guess we've seen Sophie Garbin come out in the last Constellation Cup and the and the series against England. And, you know, she was a high volume shooter. She really added some variety and a good balance for our goal shooting circle. Um, you've got Cara, who also played in our gold medal match. Um, so, you know, Danelle has, you know, some incredible skill sets and we've had some really good conversations as to what she needs to keep growing in terms of her capacities and, and her ability to continue continue to connect with those players around her and um, she's working really hard in that SSN environment to keep doing that so no doors are closed on any of our players in terms of our final World Cup selection but I guess at this point in time we've gone with a, a dynamic group that we can get a bit of movement and and see what the these combinations can do and evolve to. Mm, it's such a jigsaw, isn't it? We often talk about this in terms of team selection because you want the best players, but they also have to work well with the combinations around and offer enough variety for all the different styles that you're going to come up against. You know, exactly the same in a quad series as it, as it is in a World Cup situation, all those different styles of play. And we mentioned Joe Weston's injury there, which is obviously a big loss for the Diamonds in this series. But fortunately, you have the likes of Sunday Arang who can step up and she already has that existing partnership with Courtney Bruce from playing at the West Coast Fever. So how important are those existing connections for you when selecting your diamonds for the major competitions? Yeah, I think the the growth of the connections gives them a, a lot of confidence out on court and their ability to see things that are happening and, and communicate and adapt and adjust together. And I guess it's the speed in which they can do that is where you have your greatest impact on your opposition. So um, it doesn't mean that we you have to have played with a certain player for X amount of time to be selected. But I guess it just means that when you do come into the environment, you need that role clarity and, I guess, understanding of the game plan so that you can contribute in the role um, while connecting with others um, and that's what we've got to do when we have new athletes come in and and obviously having Joe out you know she's been in our group for a very long time and you know having her at camp was still hugely beneficial because she's able to share her knowledge and experience so that the team that has, is coming away is able to continue to be challenged and, and, and enhanced. And, and that's where Tara gets that opportunity and she's got the support of, of her defensive players around her. Mm, yeah, and obviously fantastic opportunity for Tara to to take up that role. I think she'll be really good. And, and I saw something online about um, her versatility and how you're hoping to utilise that. I think there was some conversation about Maddie Turner being overlooked, who obviously has been selected for, for previous test matches and has come on well for the Diamonds. And, and there was a question that she might replace Joe Weston. Can you talk us through the process behind that selection? particularly given what we mentioned about the connections and and Turner's existing relationship with Sarah Clow? Yeah, I guess, you know, you've got Maddie Turner, you've got Ruby Bagwell-Doran as well, um, who was at our All training. right, you don't need to rub it in, Stacey. You've got yeah. loads of really good defenders, okay? <laughs> but they're, they're, and they're still growing in performance. And um, I guess, you know, Tara was a strong part of the Netball Australia pathway and she did her knee and, and then she's worked really hard to get a full SSN season under her belt and played in the Fast Five Championship. She is a goalkeeper primarily, 
moving out to the gold fence. And I guess that's where we're, we're looking at is the versatility that we can move our goalkeepers into those goal defence positions and and see what else we can support that. And and I guess the SSN season is such a, a ferocious competition. You need to know what backup and depth we've actually got in the event that, you know, a player doesn't pull through a season. So there's just, you know, you're answering questions, but you're also challenging depth. And, you know, Tara has um, a lot of game sense out on court and I think she'll adjust really well to to what we're putting out there. Yeah, I actually really like when you do the move from a goalkeeper moving into the goal defence. I think it just gives them that extra space to cause havoc. I think we particularly see that when you put Courtney Bruce out in the goal defence position, everyone suddenly goes, oh, holy heck, what's going on here? So it's it's that real um, yeah, freedom for that for this position and the variety that you can get to mix up those combinations. Um, it's also fantastic to see Brazil return to the side after a short break following the Commonwealth Games. So how does the diamond setup work with the players? to ensure they can balance kind of professional and personal commitments? Yeah, I guess that was a big thing that we took in after Commonwealth Games 1. We needed to make sure that the entire playing group had a a break, some clear air and clear space that wasn't netball related. Um, Having been in two SSN COVID hubs over the last two seasons, like it was very netball heavy. Uh, So that was one big focus. And then balancing the load of players through the Constellation Cup and the the Roses series and, you know, whilst balancing what we needed to see on the court, it was also making sure that we had that right connection or balance for the player off the court and each player had to opt in and and I guess that's where Ash knows where, where she needed to spend her time and she needed to reconnect with her family. She's got two young children and There'd been a lot of travel and, and a lot of disruptions. So for her to get that balance, that's what she needed at that point in time. And, you know, when you step out of the environment, you do leave opportunity for others. But at the same time, for her to be playing her best netball, she needed that break. And I think that's where the maturity of such experienced players like herself um, know what they need and they'll take on the challenge of of those around. So she was well connected to Amy Parmenta when she came in. Amy did an incredible job and, and we saw some real growth in her performance. So it's it's challenging. Our World Cup selection is going to be really tough. But, you know, the players know that what they do um, at any given point is is helping push our standard and, and that's what we're all about. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that the overwhelming sense that I get is that it's team was it team before me it's that you know all coming in together doing it for the benefit of the team and yes that means that's an opportunity that that particular person won't be able to do but actually being able to in the case of Braz and Parmen to to mentor that next generation and really support them and, and put in that team morale and capacity over and above your individual needs is you know what makes I think sports so special but I think it's really interesting you talk about that need to take a break because not only was it you know quite an intense year last year netball wise but also off the court for the diamonds in particular there was a lot going on there was the conversation around the sponsorship for the diamonds with the 15 million sponsorship deal with Hancock prospecting that was then withdrawn and obviously we know the Victorian government later stepped in and we understand that there'll be um, a primary sponsor for the Diamonds moving forwards. When there's such a, a complex situation like this going on for the players off the court, how difficult is it as a coach to try and 
you know, keep focused at the task at hand, winning game after game, but also trying to protect your players from what was happening off court. Yeah, I think that is the part where, you know, it's the role clarity of of what we do in our in our jobs and and certainly with the support of our general manager, you know, her and I partnership, my line is to stay in high performance and and to have that connection around our performance as a as a group. So it was very clear what my role was, what when we were going through different things in and around the court space. And I guess that's the part where as we, we have such limited time together that, you know, our focus was on how do we perform um, and how do we centre our focus. And I know there's always external noise and, you know, those things that we went through, but now there's the noise of the expectation of winning and, and you know, that we have been successful last year, but it's not a given. So we're very good at, I guess, internalising and and looking together and and staying in a bubble and, you know, knowing what's important to us at a particular point in time. And and I guess that's where I think the girls are able to compartmentalise, I guess, in some parts, but also their love of the game is on the court. Um, Game day is their happy space. Um, It's where they thrive. It's where they connect to themselves as as young girls and and I guess where they get their greatest enjoyment so um to get them centered and focused to perform um actually isn't as difficult as what people might think because you know that's that's what they love to do um and that's what we we want to do and we want to do it really really well to make sure that we represent you know our country as as best we can and I don't think that point could be made any clearer than the performance that we saw from Danelle Wallen. We took that last buzzer beat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm still not over that, still scarred by that. But yeah, <laughs> that, that you know, the on-court being actually their place of psychological safety and that is their happy place. I think that's that's really key. And you can see it out on court for the Diamonds. They're just such a, a strong, connected unit. It's, it's really impressive. And obviously with the quad series coming up, we've got, uh, four of the top five nations all coming together to battle it out. And it's a really useful opportunity in the lead up to the World Cup in July. So what unique challenges do you think that each of the other three nations you'll come up against will present to you in the competition this year? Yeah, I think there's a, a little bit of unpredictability with the other teams at the moment. You've got New Zealand who are bringing back a huge amount of experience whilst they've also evolved their game plan and, and obviously the way in which they want to execute. So, you know, what does what do those players bring and, and how does that enhance the way they work out on court? And, um, you know, the same, you've got Carla and Lanise that come back to South Africa. So obviously that experience and leadership through their court um, will certainly grow. Uh, Norma Plummer is back as their head coach and we know what, you know, um, what credentials, what experience, and and she loves the big time. So, you know, they're certainly going to be led very, very well. And and then England have got the, you know, the the young superstars that are stepping onto the stage mixed with, you know, a huge amount of experience um, and people or players that would have heard a little bit from Commonwealth Games. So, you know, there's a lot to like, I guess, what we're coming up against because you're really going to have to hone in into what you deliver out on court and how do you get that sort of firing and functioning against a lot of different individuals and different styles of play. So, yeah, I think the unpredictable nature as to what teams can deliver is certainly going to be interesting and exciting. 
Yeah, I really like what you mentioned there about the youngsters for England. And I think we saw them shine really prominently in the recent series between England and Jamaica, which obviously England won uh, 2-1 against a sort of somewhat depleted Jamaica without a few of their superstars. What was your take on that test series? Yeah, I think certainly the the young players of England are gaining more and more experience, so therefore more and more confidence. And I think you're seeing um, how they're balancing the blend when you saw Jeeva come into that third game and and with the youth and then Gus Goss supporting uh, in that wing defence role. You know, that's where I think it's going to be challenging because when you put youth mixed with experience around, they get confidence, but they also bring their own individual flair. Um, and if you can get them firing with their own freedom to play, that's where, you, you know, you'll see the youth really take opportunities. So, yeah, certainly very aware of what England's producing and and I guess the the mix-up that they've got coming through. Um, and also, you know, they're, they're trialling and testing some experienced players in their midcourt. So um, with Chelsea Pittman, you've got Elle McDonald that's been playing in Australia that's now moved across. So, yeah, there's, there's I guess, some depth being been formed um and and obviously they've got some big selections that they're gonna have to make as well yeah, yeah we're coming for, sure. for your stays we're coming for you <laughs> <laughs> coming. and in terms of Jamaica obviously they um, beat Australia in that pool game and then went on to make their first final at the Commonwealth Games this was the last outing that we'll see of them before the World Cup because they're obviously not participating in the quad series what do you make of where they're at in the moment in terms of their progress and what did you learn from w- what you saw from them at the Commonwealth Games that you'll take into the World Cup I think Jamaica's growing in in where they are at the beginning of the season, but I think they're most deadly when they've had their their form over SSN or, or whatever competition they might be participating in domestically. I think they certainly thrive playing um you know, multiple games and and evolving in those moments. And, you know, when they then get the top up with their their coaches and I know Rob Wright worked with their defenders um, and things like that, You they've got incredible athleticism and skill. But what they've built, I think, is this connection as a team. Um, they embrace being different to, to the norm, I guess, of how you can play the game. Um, and I think that's where they challenge a lot of people is, they're mixing their athleticism with great connection in partnerships, and we've seen that in their defensive end. Um, Janelle certainly leads a very strong shooting circle, and and their midcourt are now taking accountability with the ball. So they've been near and close for many times and only just lost, and now they're challenging. And, and on any day, they they can be extremely dangerous. So, well, uh, yeah, you have to be on your game and ready to go and and um, yeah, make sure that you're you're covering and and playing as a united group because uh, they they are a bit scary at times. Yeah, yeah I think they will be giving me uh, sleepless nights as I head coach, to be honest, especially with <laughs> Shamira coming back into the side as well. I think yeah, they're going to be a very tricky one to watch. Yeah, it really is like a you snooze you lose kind of situation. Like you've got to be <laughs> on your game for every second of every game against those top five or even you know top six and seven nations. Uganda and Malawi, like they're they're really rising. It's it's pretty impre- incredible. And so looking at the quad series, then if you are successful in making the quad series final, which I would I would put my money on. Predictions are very yeah. hard, but I would put my money on you being in the final. Sure. Who do you think you'll be facing? Oh, mm, putting you on the spot. 
Yeah, well, England obviously has had a little bit of a run in, so they they sort of you know got some some traction and confidence and moving. I think New Zealand's going to be really interesting. I think they have such a different style of play that I think when you haven't been exposed to it often, um, it can be challenging straight up at the beginning of a season, um, coming off just like a, a pre-season lead-in. So I think they'll challenge, um, you know, and it's, it'll be who of us can actually read and adjust and, and you know, challenge the different style of play. Um, so, yeah, I think... They've got some experience. I think they'll have a lot of energy with new players coming back. You know, sort of their youthful self will, will you know, come forward. Um, and, you know, they've they're certainly been building. But I don't know. I just need to focus on us, to be honest, and, <laughs> and make sure that we get at the performances we need. So um, there's no given that we're... We're standing there at the end, and and I think that's probably where my mindset is. I'm, I'm very aware of the capability of of the teams around us. Yeah, I do think there's really no easy matches this year in the quad series, and that's that's so exciting for you know for us as fans watching at home, and and also what I think particularly what you mentioned about New Zealand is how well they learn game to game. So we noticed that obviously in the Commonwealth Games. We beat them by, I think it was about 10 goals in the group mm. stages. And then they absolutely smacked us in the mouth in the semi-final, in the <laughs> um, bronze medal match or whatever it was. And it was just that absolute structure to the game plan that they can really hone. And I think that's what makes them quite dangerous. And I, I would say I have to put, I would put money on them being in the final with you guys. As much as I love England and I think, and I'm, you know, backing the girls all the way, I hope they can do it. I, I do think that n- n- what Knowles can pull out after after watching the teams and then coming up against them again in this new format that we have of the quad series I think they'll be up there yeah no I completely agree actually it's like what we we're saying earlier about having to learn those lessons so quickly like that ability to do that is something that is a um a real strength of hers and so say just to wrap up after the final whistle of the Constellation Cup towards the back end of last year, you had a spectacular comeback after going down uh, by the first two games. We read in a, an article somewhere that you were in tears on the sideline after that final whistle. With that being your first Trans-Tasman win, it's quite clear that there was a lot of feeling in that one. What would it mean to you after such a sensational 2022 to be able to reclaim your title as world champs in 2023? Oh, you sort of sit here and you get little goosebumps just thinking <laughs> about the the what it would what it would feel like. I guess um, having had some success along the way in 2022, I think you know it, it's it becomes reward for. I guess just having a, a really close knit group that worked really, really hard together, and we were able to perform at the right time and respond to each other um, to be able to get that growth and learning to to keep pushing forward. So um, it'd be incredible, and that's why we're we're in it. We're here in South Africa, making sure that we can make the most of this opportunity to build towards World Cup. Um, I think you can hear all teams saying the vision is is forward, um, and I think that's what we're. We'll be working 
um, our butts off, I guess, to understand our performance, understand our opposition and and then, you know, make sure that we use the rest of, you know, the, the year towards the World Cup to make sure there's no, st- no stone left unturned. So it's hard. It's definitely hard, hard work. And there is absolutely no guarantees in, in international netball. As you said, anyone on their day can can take those those medals and um it really is if you snooze you'll lose um <laughs> so I guess that's the part and you know we sit here and we say you know New Zealand will be here or Australia will be there but knowing how competitive the England girls are if they hear that knowing how competitive Norma Plummer is with South Africa and and all of that I wouldn't be liking to just dangle the carrot in front of them and, and sort of <laughs> rip them up too much so I think there's there's an absolute respect amongst all the nations at the moment and I think that's the the wonderful thing about international netball and when you do achieve those those moments and those gold medals that you certainly cherish them and you want to hold on to that moment for as long as you can until you have to start preparing for the next. So, yeah, we've got to keep our focus and be prepared to work really hard um, between now and then and um, hopefully that will, will get us the result we we desire. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a difference between being the hunted and then being the ones who are maybe the underdogs or have a point to prove. So, yeah, go well in the quad series. All the best of luck. Um, Hopefully see you in the final. Who knows? Although I do think it'll be New Zealand. (laughs) Yeah, thank thank you so much, Stacey. Really appreciate your time. Take care. Oh, I really enjoyed that chat with Stacey. I think what, what stuck out to me from that interview was this constant reference to evolving and to evolution. And I think that's a really smart thing because that is naturally what's going to happen with players in and out of the squad as people grow, as they develop. Like that evolution is the overarching theme of any high performance environment. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I like that. But also, I think something that really stuck out for me was actually a sense of humility. I Mm. think it's really hard to find that balance between being the world number one and saying, yes, we're the best. And also acknowledging that the other teams are coming to get you and and just being really humble in that success that they've had this last year. I I think Stacey's in a fantastic place. I would not be surprised to see them on the top of the podium in August. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quarter Time Podcast. We cannot wait to bring you even more netball chat in our second episode of this Quad Series mini-series after the finals. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at Quarter Time Pod for the latest netball updates. Do get involved in the conversation online. We love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the matches in this series and which players have stood out for you. We would also really appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review as it helps other people to find the podcast. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please let us know and do spread the word with your netball pals so even more people can get involved. If you don't enjoy listening to the podcast, why have you listened for this long? (laughs) Take care, everyone, and see you soon. Bye. Bye.